You have just been invaded by... Hey there guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room and you're listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch with my co-host Grizzly Cryden. If you like the podcast and you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And if you have any particular news stories that you would like us to cover in a future episode, then please do let us know in the dedicated rooms over on Discord. Plus, if you are listening to the podcast on any of the many podcast services around the world, then please do give us a little review. It really does help us spread our wings and get into the earlobes of plenty of other podcast goers. Anyway, enough of the plugs. Let's get on with the show. Hey there, guys. Welcome to Slopescast, May 10th, 2022. We've got my co-host right here talking us through all of these awesome topics. Give a shout out, Mr. Grizzly Cryden. Shout out to me. Hey. Shout out to you, yes. <laughs> but it's not just me and you today, because yet again, no. we've got another guest. I think this is going to be a regular thing. Last week, we had Lady Decade, and this week, we've got social media extraordinaire, King Monkey. How are you doing, hey. King Monkey? Hello, I'm all good. Uh, hey. All good, mate. Yes, yes. Me and King Monkey have known each other for quite some time. Our love of Sega brought us together, and our um, obsession with social media has kept that relationship. <laughs> um, so, talk talk us through a little bit, uh, Mister King Monkey. T- tell us tell us about who you are. What I do, I'm just a social media pest more than anything else. Managed to get get a job in the industry from being a social media pest. Believe you have indeed, have indeed. And, And where is that you're working? So I'm now the PRM marketing manager at Numskull Designs. That ain't half bad, is it? Not nice, bad at nice, all. Nice, absolutely. Yeah, surrounded and, uh, by toys all day. Yeah. Cool yeah. gadgets and toys and all sorts. Nice, nice. Me and you are going to be chatting a lot more over the next month or so, as and when the uh, yeah. final Vendetta is released. Uh, probably one of my most highly anticipated games of the year in fact i might even i'll have to talk to you and see if i can do this i might even be showing off a little preview of that the first two levels this thursday so we're talking two days away from when this is recorded depending on when you're listening to this it might even be thursday unless it's the future then you missed it apologies but yeah very excited very very excited for that game um and uh yeah like uh, as usual we've got six topics to be talking through and as usual we'll get grizzly to talk us through those six topics Alrighty, so this week we are going to be looking at Pie Packer. Anyone remember Pie Packer? Well, uh, <laughs> certainly name some, <laughs> so, some people do because there's too many users now and they've yeah. renamed themselves to jam.gg. We're going to talk about what that means. Uh, Duke Nukem Forever, uh, the 2001 footage uh, that the original build that everyone was really excited for, you know, before duke nukem forever became um a gearbox software joint and uh, has actually launched so uh, mm-hmm. something to be really about excited to be about launched, yeah yeah uh and then ubersoft struggling with the prince of persia sands of time remakes ah well yeah, good old ubersoft um and then we're <laughs> going to talk about some <laughs> very troubling news from the microsoft xbox series camp and uh, they're having some issues with their drm this week we're going to talk about retro RGB resurrecting the Dreamcast VMU with the VM2, and then lastly, we say farewell to an industry legend, David Ward from Ocean Software, who passed away last week. 
Absolutely, absolutely. We've got quite a few, like I say, ups. We've got quite a few downs, but it's uh, a lot of uh, quality information for all of the retro fans out there. And we're going to be starting off with this whole Jam GG thing. Now, we was actually one of the people that broke some of the news about the original Pie Packer back in the day. And one of our very, very early podcasts, if I'm not mistaken. That's right, um, yeah. Yeah, talking about one of the exclusive games they have on there, which is essentially a uh, a Bomberman uh, rip um, uh, based within the world of some French detective that I'm forgetting the name of. Uh, but yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> um, Fabio. Let's call him Fabio. Oh, uh, here we go. Technically um, Ar- Italian. Arsene Ar- Bomber. Arsene Bomber. There you go. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. So... Anyway, these guys were Pie Packer. Um, similar, I suppose. I suppose you have to make the comparison, don't you, to um, uh, that other streaming online service that I'm forgetting the name of. Which, funnily enough, advertised on the very same day that this announcement was made. Uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, my God, what are they called? Why am I running a blank? I've worked with these guys before. Um, oh, ants. Oh, what you God. mean? Oh. <laughs> and an ant screen. Ant That's, screen. How's it going? Yes. So, um... Yeah, you have to make that comparison. The big difference is, obviously, these guys don't have anywhere near the amount of games that Antstream have, but the big difference is you can play these games multiplayer, you can play it in a browser, and um, uh, now you can actually run your own games, which is a bit of a wow thing. You know, throwing a copy of Micro Machines or a ROM of Micro Machines in there, play four-player on the go with everyone in a browser, that ain't too shabby. Um, But yeah, anyway, they've changed their name from the questionable... (laughs) Pie Packer to now jam.gg. I'm, I don't know how much I'm preferring the name, I've got to say. But um yeah, like jam.gg is about like the very <laughs> it's it's the probably the most generic thing you can call anything media related, I think. You, that that could be a music service, that could be a movie service, it could be anything. Maybe uh, that's where like, they're going. Maybe they want to do all of these things. Who knows? Like, Maybe they're just preempting the fact that Sonic uh, Origins is not going to contain the Michael Jackson soundtrack, so they decided to bring it back themselves with a nice little hint of jam. It I don't ain't know. too much. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can only oh, hope. Yeah, best album ever. Um, I mean, there's not really much else to say about this. It's just a thing that's happened. Um, I will say the service is bloody good from what I've tried. You obviously have to have a decent connection. Um, but, I mean, I've never had any problems with it. Yeah, I mean it's it's a streaming service, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it will never beat like natively playing these games on your own hardware. However, it is free, so I think that's a fair cop. And has anyone received their consoles yet? You know that really no. weird dome console. No, I talked to them when that was a when that was a thing back in the day. Um, and I think I was possibly in line to get one. I don't remember. It's probably been so long now. Even they've probably forgotten. But um, yeah, I mean nothing's happened. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Pump up the jam. Gg says Iquel. Yeah, I mean it. It's, it seems to be going from strength to strength. Uh, maybe give these guys a look into. I mean, you can see people playing right now. King of Fighters ninety eight. Twenty three people. It just went up. Maybe, uh, maybe that's one of you guys. I don't know. But please do come back to the slopes cast because we we don't want you to be. We don't need to go. <laughs> Metal Slug X fifty seven people on there. That, that, that's that's a guarantee to be on any kind of streaming service. Yeah. I I really enjoyed playing that with Anstream um yeah so, yeah it's a good one it's a good one have you checked out jam.gg or pie packer um uh mr king monkey i haven't pie packers like you say it's got to be one of the worst names for any service ever like, how <laughs> is it, is it like a british what? cockney thing for people to like get that reference is it like <laughs> who i ate don't know like... pies who ate all the pies 
I'm not going to finish it's, that one. It's one bit away, isn't it, from Fudge Packer? You know. Exactly, you know, and it's <laughs> that's why that's where my mind was going. Well, <laughs> well I, I, I didn't want to bring that up, but yeah, if you're going to say it, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, is yeah. a little um story. I, I used to work in my in my days before YouTube. I had like a stupid amount of jobs. One of those jobs, I had a lot of factory jobs: Apple factory, Diamond factory, Plastics factory, all these different factories. And um, uh, one of those factories was an ice cream factory. And yes, we did do. Um, uh, I, I worked in the packing department, so, so I, I the ice cream was. Yeah, I, I, I mean, technically there were fudge flavors, so yeah, I was a bit of a fudge packer for a little bit. Yeah, put that on the CV, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Eh? Anyone outside the UK may not be getting these reference, but go, 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 um, urban dictionary that bad boy. You'll, you'll soon work <laughs> out what the hell we're talking about. Regardless, yes, Pie Packer is now changed to jam.gg. Um, I struggle to see how they're going to get themselves high up on any kind of SEO with a name yeah. literally just called Jam, but hey. They, they 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 obviously have people professional people in that setting that would know more than me. So, but hey, put the hand in the a service fishbowl, is good. Waved it round and pulled out one name, aren't they? Uh, it, it's it's a really odd one. It really is odd. It's um, you can just imagine though they're they're all sat in the canteen, right? They're all having lunch and they're thinking, oh, what should we call our new service? And it's like, oh, uh, toast, no, uh, oh, jam, powerful. jam, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was better than Natalie Butterley, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Even if they changed it to jam on toast.gg, it would have like pushed them so much higher up, you know, just being a little bit more specific. Oh, unique, yeah. yeah. It yeah. doesn't exactly scream gaming, does it? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> weird. It, it, yeah, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Regardless, the name's questionable. The service from what I've played is actually very good. I've I've, I've got no complaints. It's one of those things that you look for complaints, but okay, I'm really struggling. The, the service is free. There's no ads. So the way they make their money or they're going to eventually make their money when this becomes more widespread apparently is going to be based on the um, cosmetic items that you can get for your um, your character. So, you, you you know, me and you are playing or something like that, there'll be a webcam and they can do like those sort of augmented reality sort of things on your face. So you can have like, I think you can get like some of the um, uh, micro mages. Things, yeah. yeah, yeah, stuff like that. So I think that's where they're going to make their money. Um, I, I, I predict in down eventually in in time adverts will become a thing on here because i can't imagine that's going to be the thing that's going to pay for all of this um but hey right now it's a service it works uh the fact that you can put your own games on there your own roms that's pretty exciting uh what have we got there super nintendo playstation one uh n64 game boy advance i have to open my window but uh genesis nes master system game boy they should be putting a mega drive under that genesis um, yeah, I think what gets me is that the, you're seeing all of the usual suspects, like the the kind of guys that you would see on Antstream, the kind of guys that you'd see on the Evercade. Mm -hmm. It's it's mostly you know the same kind of retro games across all platforms. But at least with Jam, I guess we're going to call it that now. Um, <laughs> at least with Jam, you're getting like a uh, a fair selection and some like new and exclusive stuff, which is done in that retro style. I, I'm all for it. Um, I do wonder yeah. if they're actually going to make the cash out of this. But at the same time, you know, they've got scars, man. Scars from the N N64 days. That's got to be uh, that's got to be worth a try. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and you know, it isn't all of the same. I mean, obviously, um, Antstream does have its own unique games, and and it does have its challenges. That's a massive plus for for Antstream, in my opinion. Those challenges are unbeatable. I love them. Uh, but this yeah. game, this uh, service, does have games that are, that are slightly a level up, and obviously multiplayer. So this this has things like Glover. You, you mentioned Scars there. Um, 
uh, I think Street Racers on that. Uh, Xeno Crisis is an exclusive for this, as as is Micromages, I believe. Um, there's a lot of uh, like PlayStation One era esque games um, that you're going to be getting in this that you don't get in other ones. I believe uh, one of the loaded games uh, is, or at least was, um, uh, on on this service. So yeah, it's 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 exciting to see. Uh, you know, it's, it's nice to see a little bit of competition in this field. Yeah, and not only that, but it's also nice to see that they're still going after uh, after a year. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. these kind of things they usually fly by night. They're a good idea. They take your money and then they're gone. Like think on live as an example. Yeah. But now and we're, we're seeing these come out of the woodwork and they're sticking. Absolutely. And and one thing we need to remember is this was a Kickstarter. So, um, yes. Hey, if it fails, it's still good good news for me. <laughs> I've got <laughs> <Yeah>. some content. <laughs> but uh, I hope it doesn't. I really hope it doesn't. I, I like positive Kickstarters. And and you guys seem to as well. I did a I did a positive Kickstarter video last weekend and people seem to really like it. Let it never be said that negativity is the only driving force of YouTube. Tell me about it. How yeah. crazy is that? I was I was quite impressed. You know what? I'm gonna just do one last double check. It's has it moved up? Has it moved up? No, it's still in the top. It's, it's no, number fourth out of my last 10 videos. So it's beating all my complete histories. It's insane. But hey, nice. I, I enjoyed making it. I was quite I was quite happy. I get to play some good games. That was cool. Yeah. So yeah, Pie Packer is now jam. That's jam. weird. It too much. Right. <laughs> Let's move to the next topic. It's, it's addictive, isn't it? It is. It is. God, what an album. Right. Duke Nukem time. Time for Kim Justice to update that Duke Nukem video she worked, she spent ages on. Yeah. Uh, that's a very good video. And it's not the last time we'll talk about Kim Justice in this uh, uh, podcast. Keep an ear out. Um, but anyway, well, I'll let you take the realm on this one. Explain the 3D realms on this one. I knew that was coming. I absolutely knew it. So, yeah, the, um, the Duke Nukem uh, Forever, uh, everyone knows the story behind that one. Or if they don't, then they've probably forgotten and... To be honest, I don't blame you. Um, so this is a game that spent about 25, 26 years in development. Um, mm -hmm. Originally like due to launch around 2001, 2002. Bearing in mind, right, that's cast our minds way back. That's around the same time that Half-Life 2 was due to launch. So I remember when there was initial footage of Duke Nukem Forever shown on a PC Gamer disc that yeah, came out yeah. in front of their magazine. And it showed... A video for Duke Nukem, uh, like the 30 second uh, or, you know, minute long um, E3 trailer. And this is essentially the game that we're looking at right now. Um, and uh, it was really exciting, like genuinely cool. And then you go on to Half-Life 2 and you go, OK, let's see what the Valve guys are up to. Whoa. And then you see all the th the physics in action. Yeah. And you just see how much of a game changer Half-Life 2 was going to be. So you can always kind of forgive 3D Realms and the like for seeing that and going, oh, oh no, uh, there's no way in hell that we can release a game on the first Unreal Engine um, oh, looking for sure. like this anymore because yeah. Half-Life 2 is just about to change everything. Um, so that's more or less what happened. So back in 2001, they had what looked like a relatively well-packaged uh, game in the works. It looked more of a sequel to Duke Nukem 3D than the actual Duke Nukem Forever did. Um, and unfortunately, we never got to see it, despite it looking pretty damn fun. Mm. 
Yeah, um, I would definitely recommend sticking the trailer on uh, if you've never seen it before. Duke Nukem Forever 2001 E3. It's so, so good. And it just gives you the impression that they still had a good sense of humor at that point rather than the yeah. just downright, I don't know, you know, drawing uh, drawing on whiteboards with poop kind of thing that we got in the actual Duke Nukem Forever. So who remembers this one, huh? Yeah, it's... um. I mean, it's, for me, it's more just about the video game history. I, I, I wasn't like the the biggest, biggest fan of Duke Nukem back in the day uh, because I was, a, I was a console gamer, and this is obviously for the PC lovers out there. Uh, but I, you, you mentioned in Half-Life there earlier, Half-Life 2, I do remember, I, well, I can't remember, what, what system would I have been playing at the time? Essentially, would that have been PlayStation 2 or would it still been the PlayStation 1? Uh, it, um, it, it would have been transitional. I mean, you're talking 2001 here, so yeah, I didn't get my PlayStation 2 straight away, so maybe it was like the Dreamcast era. But I, yeah. I remember like being blown away by the Dreamcast or whatever system I was playing at the time. Um, and then I went around a friend's house who just upgraded his PC and he showed me Half Life 2. And it, it, it was one of those times where you go back and you're just like, you, you feel like you've got a toy in front of you because Half Life 2 was so wow, it was yeah. so mind blowing, like, um compared to what i was playing at home you know like sonic adventure I, I love all those games of course but yeah half-life 2 was next level so you can see why um it got changed although obviously it got changed into something far worse and hey, Duke Nukem's a product of its time isn't it and it definitely longer, is yeah yeah the, the longer you take the the further away from that time you're gonna be really <laughs> um did you yeah, ever play did you ever point, fan? yeah i was a pc gamer at that point so Duke right. Nukem was awesome fun like oh, yeah, I yeah. really enjoyed it, especially when you got obviously when you're PC gaming, you got a 3DFX card. These things oh, were like yeah. games that you play to show it off, um, and it it was really good. Like, I was looking forward to it landing on 360. I've actually I bought it day one on Xbox 360. What the forever uh, well, game? Yeah, I say bought it. I actually had vouchers, so technically I didn't buy right. it. But <laughs> it's 40, 40 quid's worth of vouchers um, that I used to get it on day one. Um, played it right. for a bit. It's it's not as bad as everyone makes out. You kind of put up with a lot, and you've spent money because you're always justifying that purchase, aren't you? When you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do remember renting the original Duke Nukem for the Saturn. <laughs> wow, I remember oh, actually I was on a bike and I like biked my whole way to like to this little uh, little uh, town called Headcorn, which is seven eight miles away or something like that, just to, to rent it for the weekend. Um, had nothing to do with me being a sweaty palm teenage lad and, you know, no internet and this probably be the only way, uh, you know, <laughs> I was being yeah. able to watch that sort of stuff. But, um, I mean, yeah, the game itself, I remember having quite a lot of fun with it and all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, hey, this is just cool video game. Yeah, it's me. amazing to see that. that. Like I say, when you've played forever and then you see that and you're like, oh, something obviously like went so wrong better, yeah. in the gap. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like um, back when I was old enough to really appreciate the Duke Nukem, you know, like the 11, 12 years old at the time, I think I would have been. Mm. Um, just being, uh, just seeing this footage that like, takes me back to that time going, oh man, this this looks great. This is exactly the kind of thing I grew up with and it's the right level of raunchy that I would have like absolutely gone for. And it's yeah. funny what you're saying about um, like, you, you bought the game, really excited for it to launch. You know, I think a lot of us were in that position where we just like go, I, I can't believe it exists. I, I, yeah. It's a thing. yeah. Um, so you just kind of buy it out of respect to, you know, the dying of a meme. And then you just go, oh, this isn't good. This is. Kind I, of I remember good. playing it and not minding it too much. I don't think I completed it, but I, I got a decent way into Duke Nukem Forever. 
I think I played it on yeah. PlayStation 3. I think I put a few hours into it to to get far. I remember little things like it shrinks you and you have to run around as a little duke. Yeah, yeah, yeah that RC yeah, section. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I remember it like so. I've got this love hate relationship with uh, Gearbox. I absolutely love to hate them, and um, every time I pick up one of their games, it's always right. done so somewhat begrudgingly. Uh, whether it be Aliens, Colonial Marines, Duke Nukem Forever, or the Borderlands series, they're they're all kind of ropey, uh, somewhat fun in their own little ways. Um, but I kind of like, you know, hate to play them, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially Aliens, Colonial Marines. I've got history of that game. Um, That's this... another one I bought on day one. <laughs> that yeah. I mean, that E3 footage really sucker suckered us all in, didn't it? Yeah, didn't it just? Didn't it just? Mm. And was, yeah. wasn't that the game with the, uh, the 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 error in the code by that one letter? Yes, the uh, the the missing letter in Teva. Uh, so he got Teva, and um, you know, completely that's... changed the AI oh of the God. aliens. And that was my first foray into pseudo internet infamy. And there he is, look, he's holding up his copy. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Duke Nukem Forever. Damn. Yeah. Damn. I actually just remembered Colonial Marines I didn't buy day one. Um, it was Aliens vs. Predator I bought day one. Um, right. Colonial Marines I bought because it came with a statue of Ripley in the, um, whatever you would call it, the loader. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the collector's cheap. edition thing. Yeah, it was something like 15 or 20 quid from Amazon. So right. that's why I got it. But I ended up flogging that statue when I was moving house. I think someone paid about 50, 60 quid for it. So I was like, yep. Well, well, no one wanted the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't bother sending the game, mate. <laughs> I've still got my uh, my my collector's edition statue lying around. I can't let go of it because it, as I say, um, it it resulted in one of my uh, only like really successful YouTube videos. <laughs> and that, um, if anyone remembers, uh, around the time that came out, uh, there was a video called "Aliens Colonial Marines All Singing All Dancing." Right. That's me. That you? It was me. Yeah. What, what what views did you get on that? Um. Well, it was on Angry Joe, uh, so that got wow. a, few, a couple million. Um. Then you had uh Kotaku, Jim Sterling, um, and then at least five hundred thousand on the the video alone. Uh, the original. Bloody so hell. yeah, fair that... play. <laughs> I've got yeah. to catch up. <laughs> oh man, it's an animation of the shades coming down over you. Of your eyes, yeah. <laughs> Deal with money, it. Mo- money, money, <laughs> money, money, <laughs> money, 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 do you reckon you'll be playing through what you can of this when it gets uh, when it actually gets released? Apparently, it's coming out in June. It was um, uh, leaked on, on on a 4chan uh, post, from what I understand. Yeah, totally. I'll be playing through whatever I can of this, even if it is just these little sections. I mean, these looked like the sections that made up the trailer. So there's yeah. bound to be some good stuff in there, even if it's just like mostly broken. I don't mind. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of open areas with like no enemies in or, or badly placed in other areas and what have you. So, uh, but it would still be cool to have a look. It's essentially going to be a sandbox game, isn't it? They always are like this. Totally. And at very worst, these uh, the good thing about the Unreal Engine is that someone could take these assets and then put the uh, put the um, uh, the assets in like Unreal Engine 4 or what have you and just update mm-hmm. them. That's the good thing about them. It's, it's just super easy to use. So I'm, I'm curious to see if anybody does that and maybe tries to complete this game. Yeah, this game is 100% going to be completed. Give it yeah. years if it needs to, whatever it needs. 
this game will 100% be completed. If it gets released in June, like they said they're going to, um, then they're going to try and turn this into a full game. I'll be back mm. when I'm 60 to play that then. Yeah, no, that 100% is going to be happening. It, it's, it's an exciting time. It's, it's like when, um, I mean, for me, I suppose it's on the same level as, oh my God, they're finally making Shenmue free. Like that, that blow your mind moment. Um, yes, it's kind of like that, I suppose. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. <sighs> cool. Nice. Cool. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Let's chat about Prince of Persia, shall we? Because um, mm-hmm. when I saw this, um, so in a nutshell, it's getting delayed. The Prince of Persia Sands of Time remake is getting delayed. And I was like, well, hang on. Didn't this come out? Now, there's already been a few remakes, hasn't there? There's been the remake of the very original uh, old school 2D game. Yeah. Um, but then I also saw that there was a trailer for this back in two, uh, 2020. And I remember that even went up on the PlayStation's own um, uh, YouTube channel. In fact, I have that playing right now for people that are watching live. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I remember looking at it like, this doesn't really look any different. And going down in the comments, every single person thinks the same if we look in there now. Um, uh, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time is one of the best games ever made. It deserves better. Improve the graphics and animation. Release it later if necessary. Uh, Ubisoft never fails to disappoint. Um, yeah, it's just nothing but negativity all the way through. A game that's actually utterly fantastic. Do you guys play Sands of Time? Uh, yeah, I absolutely love Sands of Time. Uh, one of the best narrative uh, platformers they had for the PS2. Yeah, I just remember it being that there was more to it than the action, which was really fun. Uh, more to yeah. it than the traversal. You actually had like a genuine, like intriguing love story uh go, going on there in there and it was i remember it being like somewhat groundbreaking for the time for being really like narratively well put together um yeah and they haven't really captured that kind of like quality since in my opinion what ubisoft or just anyone oh ubisoft def- definitely definitely ubisoft i think there's been <laughs> better since i mean this, this this predated the likes of uncharted it predated the likes of um the you know last of us in terms of that kind of character building story um, but going on that big journey as like two characters, and they did a really good job of this. So, yeah, it's a shame that Ubisoft are a shade of their former self in a way. I I, I don't mind them too much. It's just they're they're a little bit cookie cut cookie cutter with their games. Yeah. Um, in all honesty, this was a major breath of fresh air. This was actually this game um, was the reason I bought an Xbox. I had a PlayStation 2, I believe I had a GameCube around the same time. I'm trying to work out my, my timeline there a little bit. But I remember uh, uh, going over a friend's house, my mate Ollie's, and him playing Prince of Persia on his Xbox. And I was like, God damn, I need an Xbox. And for me to say that on a third-party game that I could probably have got on my PlayStation 2 or whatever, like I was like, well, okay, this is, this is next level. Um, I was so impressed with it. Um, yeah, just, just the way like Uncharted like completely... Uh, just just took took that next level of the tomb raider type game i felt like this was that that in between you know um yeah i really really liked it but um did you play prince of persia sands of time king monkey no i wasn't a ps2 gamer um never right. played ps2 back in the day and even xbox 360 the nearest i got to it was assassin's creed and didn't right. even play that much but the reason is, i think i was the same like my mate sent me a video and it was like the trailer for assassin's creed had the music from um I don't remember the dance act, but Richard Ashcroft was the vocalist on the track. Yes, L- you're Lonely right. Soul. That's right. it, yeah. So I know the track, yeah, because... but I can't remember which dance act it was that they were with. Yeah, because this was supposed to... Uh, Assassin's Creed was supposed to be uh, Prince of Persia as an open world game. 
Um, so they decided that oh, hang on, it's actually getting a bit different now. So let's just do a whole another thing set in set in the middle. Oh, is, that, is that true? Was it originally yeah. supposed to be a Prince right. of Persia game? Oh, that's impressive. I didn't know that. Yeah, little interesting game fact there. I didn't know that. That's cool. Um, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, 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 this this is a franchise I've always really found quite confusing in the sense that why Ubisoft people that you know love pumping out their IPs, their franchises. Why have they not? you know in more recent years more recent console generations really capitalized on the prince of persia name um because surely they can make like add that to the flag you know the, the tent poles of far cry and and you know all the other stuff they have there uh if you like you say your assassin's creeds and stuff um but yeah regardless they were going to try and remake it um and uh, it's been delayed yet again um it's actually been taken away from the studio that's more uh, in tune to things like your, your just dance games and stuff like that which makes people think okay i think the reason they're taking it away from those guys is you know maybe they haven't got the the the, the, the minerals to be able to make a game quite this grand um and it seems like it's going to be completely redone again uh, at least that's the impression they're giving Hmm. Yeah, well, that's that's the idea. But when you ex when you think of remake in the year twenty twenty one when this was or twenty twenty when this was first announced, you expect it to look a bit better than this. Now, hmm. this kind of update was absolutely fine when you were taking the original classic game and then releasing it onto the Xbox Live Arcade, where your the file size limit was something ridiculous like uh, four hundred megabytes. But we're not in that era anymore and to be honest this technology's come along so far even the ps4 could do better than this uh, i'm not saying it has to push you know graphical boundaries or anything like that but mm. this is a flagship franchise for ubisoft do you think they'd be putting in a bit more effort yeah i think the um i, I, I suppose you've got to look at the difference of like are they going to make like a full-on proper massive remake like the crash trilogy you know where they're like you know 100 from scratch or they're going to go down like the shadow man route where it's just like clean the clean it up to the nth degree like make, to make it playable <laughs> yeah absolutely. no it, i mean they're already putting in the effort in in terms of the cutscenes. so if you, you can do all the cutscenes, so you can improve the the graphical fidelity and it, to me it looks like this is what uh ubisoft's recent um announcement's all about because this was in the works with Ubisoft Mumbai and uh, another studio, Poon, I think was the other name. Um, and they've turned around and said, right, we're taking it off those guys and we're just going to build on that. And it's going to take uh, another couple of years to do. Sorry, guys. Which mm -hmm. leads me to believe that they're going, you know what, maybe we should give this the uh, the love it deserves. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Michael go. Towns in there. You run out of sand. Purchase one more bag of sand for £1.99. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it has to it has to be done in the prince's vocals, just like in the game where it, when you die, he goes, "Oh no, it didn't happen like that." <laughs> and then and then I went to Ubisoft.com and purchased more sand for one dollar ninety nine. Sorry, did I say dollar? I meant uh, Persian rubles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I hope they do this well. I really, I you know, if this means I have to start again and start a whole new four-year, five-year process in this, I can't imagine they would do that. But hey, I hope if they do decide to do that, fair play. Because um, uh, I, I, I would play this remake. I, I've got a lot of fond memories of this game. It's it's a beautifully done game. Um, yeah. I had a lot of fond memories of that that um, cel-shaded one they did, where they just renamed it Prince of Persia again, where they tried to reboot the franchise. And they had like some yeah. girl, and you could do you could run along the ceiling, and the physics were thrown out the window. Yeah, I really liked that. Um, there, there was it had its own like whole uh, you know thing going mm. on. 
And um, I like the fact that it was one of the games where you couldn't die. And I remember that being a real big sticking point. The yeah. only thing you can do is, you know, just essentially rewind. Which, to be fair, they did in Sands of Time like years and years before. There was no real stakes in, in either of those games. Yeah. Um, I just really enjoyed that that game in general. Mm. It was really well made. Uh, they just focused a bit too much on combat for my liking. I preferred it when it was just traversal with a bit of combat in between. Yeah, yeah. Did anyone here watch the movie? No. <laughs> I think I have, but don't remember a single thing about it. It's It was all right. It was obviously trying to be the next Prince of Pirates. Um, sorry, Pirates of the Caribbean. Like yeah. so many things have it, done. It was the same director, wasn't it? Gore yeah, Vin- yeah, yeah. Gorvabinsky, was it? Um, I can't remember, but yeah. I'm, I, I think either, either that's true or I just made that name up. I'm trying to remember the name of the main guy. He's, he's, he's the guy from... Um, Jake Gyllenhaal, isn't Donnie it? Darko. Jake, yeah, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. That's yeah. it. He's in that new Ambulance movie. I haven't seen that yet. Um, uh, Prince of Persia movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was all right. I didn't mind that movie. I thought it was... <laughs> They've tried to redo the Prince of Persia, like, get, that, get that success again. The, like they, they have parts of the Caribbean. They tried it with this. They tried it with... Um, what was that other Johnny Depp movie? Lone Ranger. Do you remember that? That that came and oh, went. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the thing. <laughs> and then they, they um, did the, the live action Alice in Wonderland, which was basically just like the first time that Disney decided that they wanted to refresh the trademark and then remake all of their films as a result. I didn't mind that film. I know it got a lot of hate. I didn't mind that. And I didn't mind the sequel, the 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 was it the Looking Glass or the something like that? Uh, yeah, I know, Sasha Barry. It had Ali G in it, basically. <laughs> uh, not 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 the character Ali G, the actor yeah. Sacha oh, yeah, Ali G wasn't in Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> I thought it was all right. I was looking for Alice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it meant me truly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's move on, shall we? Hello, unless you beat my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah, hopefully, come on Ubisoft, sort it out. Prince of Persia is a wicked franchise, you need to bring it back. Uh, not too soon, actually, because I, I feel uh, I feel a complete history, actually. I need to... ah, let's talk about Bruno. No, let's talk about Xbox Network having a rough weekend. You take over, because uh, you know me, I'll just go on an Xbox rant. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, this is going to become an Xbox rant, because as much as I like what Microsoft have been doing with this generation, because Game Pass is genuinely one of the best deals in gaming stuff like this really lets them down so what's happened microsoft has a a drm issue Uh, ever since the xbox one like pre-launch everyone remembers when they heard the phrase 24 hour check-in for digital games and what people didn't quite realize is despite them going doing a 180 on everything else that stuck around like a bad smell now, it's not been an issue if you have a constant internet connection. However, if you have ever have a dropout, you'll find yourself getting the message. Um, you need to be out. You need to log in online to be able to play this game uh, to launch this software because usually there's an update or they just want to make sure that you still are the owner. And I can kind of see why to a degree. Uh, for example, at work, I have like free Xboxes all set up with my same account. I set them to offline uh, whenever I need to have multiple games running at a certain time uh, for de- just for demonstration purposes. Um, so that's fair enough, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's just an inconvenience at that stage. However, what's happened is that uh, over the past week, uh, 
Microsoft and Xbox fans are encountering an issue where um, they are unable to access the games they've downloaded, they were unable to purchase the games, and they were unable to launch the games that they've just purchased. Yeah. So that DRM has kind of, you know, like balls it up for everyone. And it's really, really it's such a bad look, isn't it? It really is. This is like um if everyone anyone remembers back when PlayStation got hacked, it's the same kind of lockout you had when when the service got hacked. Um I don't think they really should live this down because they're the only platform that employs DRM like this. Mm-hmm. You know, PlayStation has a similar thing, but it lasts for a month, not just a couple of days. Um, whereas Microsoft, it is literally a couple of days. If you can't log in, then you're you're stuffed. You can't play your game, mm-hmm. and that really leads uh, really becomes a problem when you consider that the majority of Xbox games uh, that are enjoyed are digital because of Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's a problem. What do you think? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's so hard for me to get into this mindset because I'm just not a digital gamer um the majority i'd say 99 if not more percent of my game library that's digital uh, besides steam of course um it's just there because people have sent me games for review i always like to get my games physically um yeah uh, so therefore this is never going to be an issue for me uh it's the reason i don't own an xbox series x yet i've said numerous amounts of times but i just i, I like to i like to own uh, uh games physically and i like to at the moment, there's no reason for me to get an Xbox Series X because I can just play those games, like the third-party games, on the PlayStation 5. If there is a slight downgrade, I'm not noticing it, honestly. Um, so I don't see any reason for me to go and get one. Um, so when this sort of thing happens, it's just so... It, it's not me being like, an I told you, you need to get it's, them it's physical. It's thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It's hard for me to get into that mindset. Um, it's going to be painful for people that are spending endless money on this sort of stuff. But at the same time, the downtime was so minimal. Um, I mean, how much of an issue was this? It's been going on for almost a week now. Oh, okay. I thought it was a day thing. Sorry, my bad. No, yeah, that's, that's pretty fucking terrible. Excuse that's, the language. That's a full weekend where people are, technically their consoles are online, but they're not able to access content because the console thinks they're offline. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, okay, I'll take it back. I, I mean, thought it was like an afternoon the... that it was off. I'm like, guys, come on, chill out. It's fine. You'll be okay. Yeah. But no. Yeah, reading bad. the comments, it seems to be certain games that it's happening on more than anything else. Right. I'm guessing it's like related somewhere in the back ends where they're using certain things. But yeah, say, mostly on look. Halo Infinite, which is their really? flagship online title. Wow. Not a good game. look. Yeah. No. You're promoting a console that's digital only. You know, as if you're going to go down that road, you've got to make sure you bang on. Not a fan exactly. Of the and I just, just... Uh, thought as well, it, it, <laughs> we've moved into a generation now, but the same with the PlayStation 5 as well, where you can get consoles that are 100% digital. Uh, you know, I mean, when I think of Xbox, I'm only ever going to buy myself an Xbox Series X eventually when that yeah. day comes. But there's a lot of people out there that have the Series S. All right. What so are they doing right now? Rain is just saying that some physical games were even... Um having issues with the uh, with oh, the online God. check-in thing and the disc is literally in the drive it's saying i am a game key and i am owned therefore i am in your disc drive and it still wouldn't let you play that's a so real what? bad look if you 
Mm-hmm. Okay, if you get yourself next, I, I, this is all like new information to me. I'm so retro, like you know, I can get get yeah. my Dreamcast out the cupboard and just plug that bad boy in. But so, am, am I right in saying that if you buy an Xbox Series S, Series X, whatever, uh, and you 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 oh no, obviously it would have to be X actually, and you buy physical games, you can't play them all. You can't play all of them if you're not connected online. Yes and no. It obviously uh, so, depends what game I'm assuming. Yeah. So say for example, you want to check. Pr- yeah. You, you've got to like some games will install from the disc and pretty much all xbox one games do that anyway but some will require a partial internet thing to 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 finish the job i know that like games like the telltale series like batman and minecraft uh stories story mode those all had like um downloadable episodes you wouldn't be able to access mm. otherwise um and the, yeah okay Star- i get that yeah the starkly majority of games uh have that Thinker, Activision's like Crash Bandicoot Remaster, the Spyro Trilogy. I know the Spyro um, only had one of them or two of the games on there, from what I remember, and you had to get the other one, which is absurd. What's the point in physical? Exactly, yeah. They they had the it was the first like game on the disc, and then the other two you had to download uh, mm. via the finally online services, and that's just the slow erosion of rights, in my opinion that we're you know kind of subscribing to and we need to be very careful of before they do finally go yeah absolutely there is there is a positive to this um you know to the whole downloading stuff after you've put the disc in um if you look back in the day i mean like i've got moonwalker up on my shelf there for the mega drive and and revenge of shinobi i mean they they don't have four or five revisions of that game and it was painful for sega or or any company i'm just going to my favorite company but it's painful for a company like that to just okay wait for them to go out of the way or, or, or take those off the shelf, put a new one on. And if you look at that and uh, more new age stuff, um, uh, Lonely Mountains Downhill, a game I recently talked about, I put that bad boy in my, in my switch recently. And the download was to add more content, more challenges. So there is good to DLC. Uh, of course there is. I mean, Shovel Knight, the amount they've added to that since that game's been released. Um, so there is definitely good, but mm. the fact that, I feel like everything that's advertised on the disc as of when it's released, all of that should be available from the get-go. Not, yeah, um, yeah not, not. Um, okay, here's the disc. It's got two-thirds of the game on it. Yeah. I mean, you you see that on the Switch all the time, unfortunately. Like, LA Noir was the first one I noticed that had the, oh, yeah. requires an internet connection to actually download the game, the rest of the game that's not on the chip because it's actually too big for the chip. It's It's just silly um but what really gets my goat about this whole microsoft um like drm issue is the fact that phil spencer uh, i've got an article here which is dated november 17th 2021 so mm-hmm. very recent uh phil spencer doing his usual thing of saying oh i really hope that all platform um manufacturers can move to the uh move to the ideals of game preservation and here's his platform completely flying in the face of that because it just shows you a future that when those servers get turned off and mm. it, nothing lasts forever, they will be turned off. You lose access to everything you've purchased that you think you own, but you don't forever. Phil Schwinkter. Mm. But then again, we'll, we'll, we'll be emulating xbox series x's on our phones in in the matter of 10 years anyway so what does it matter but again it's it's the kind of thing that really bothers me because you know look at all of this stuff back here you can see it behind dan you can see mm. it behind king monkey there's shells and shells of games all games that probably will never be re-released 
because they're really obscure Japanese or they're licensed titles. And there's plenty of those that have been released on the Xbox and PlayStation as well. And those do need to be preserved, whether you think they're good or they're bad. You know, at the end of the day, this is part of our history. You wouldn't yeah. imagine a history where Led Zeppelin was no longer able to be played uh, because they decided that they were going to put DRM on the CD or something like that. It just wouldn't happen. It, games need to be treated in a similar light, in my opinion. don't know how you, anyone else feels on that one. No, you, It's like if you bought but, an album <clears throat> and then you, you put it in your CD player and it won't play. Yeah. yeah, you need you need the online pass for this album because you're not the original owner. That would be another four dollars ninety nine, please, so mm -hmm. you can access your CD. You got to give it a whole lot of love. Yeah, <laughs> reference. reference. Um, yeah, it's it's painful. It's painful. Is is this still going on? I believe is it is for now. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's They haven't fixed it yet. But the other thing with that is, it's just even the physical games, like you say, need. Not, they're not complete. You, know, you get day no. one patches and all these other things coming out to fix them. So it's like you end up with a physical release that's useless because it relies it's, it's, on it's kind like of a weird patch from the server. Yeah, it's it's kind of a weird um, generation we're in when you think about it because we're we're mm. essentially it's people that are buying these the, these physical systems, so the Series X or the PlayStation Five with the disc drive. But we're, we're essentially buying games to put on a shelf, aren't we? I mean. Obviously, you still have to take them out of their case and put them in the in the actual console for the console to recognize it. But you know, the, the game isn't on that disc, or at least the majority of the game is on that disc in some instances. It's a really weird way of looking at it. I mean, like I, I know, for instance, I've got like a load of games on my shelf that I don't take out of their cases because I have the ROM on a uh, Mega SD card. You know, so it, 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 it's, it's, it's I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with this. It's just it's just weird. It's yeah, really it's. Bizarre. It's it's odd when you think that um, there's there's a whole bunch of games out there, even for the Xbox 360, um, where uh, I, I think of like really odd titles like that. What's that boxing game that EA came out with? Not Fight Night, but the really like I think it's like Face Smashes or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, they turned off the server and they made that game completely useless. You cannot yeah. play that game single player. It's it's just a dead game. The way I see it is it, that because it's an though, online only game. Yeah, online right. only. And, I've, I've got a uh, game behind me um, uh, for the PlayStation uh, Four. Larry kept saying, "Oh, we got to play. We got to play more multiplayer." And I'm just not a multiplayer gamer, and he de he definitely is. So he convinced me to buy this air aerial combat game for the for the PlayStation VR. I think it was in space. I can't remember what it's called but because I bought it, and it took so Valkyrie. long for us to finally have a game. What was it? Eve Valkyrie. I think it was, yeah. It took so long for us to play it that um, <laughs> we can't play it now. <laughs> so I've literally got a coaster. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just silly, isn't it? Um, yeah. I, I think the thing that gets me is that e even with physical games, even when they do get to that point where they are like switched off, you still own that thing, right? You, you still got something left behind of that game. And that's better than just having an icon that just won't boot up anymore, in my opinion. You know, either way, it's not a good look. <laughs> but still, yeah. at least you've got something. You can, you can nice probably case. see that. This there it yeah. is. John Rogers said it. There it is. Star Blood Arena. A perfect mint in coffee oh, game. There we are. <laughs> Unplayable. <laughs> when, I don't know. Maybe you can play it in single player, but I believe you can't. So there's the other side no, of this. Just to to you. He always gets you to buy stuff. There's the other side of this. I remember Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, uh, oh, Tony I... Hawk's Underground 2 for oh, PC. Okay. They turned it off 
they turned off all the servers and everything. Typical Activision play after mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, there's a PC copy of it. And then what's happened as a result of it being turned off, the fans went and decided, right, I'm going to import all of the files from all of the old Tony Hawk's games into this. Oh, by Jove, I've got every Tony Hawk's game map in this thing. And they've they've essentially created the ultimate Tony Hawk's uh, video game, and it's available to go online. If you have the physical disc, you have to put it into your PC, and then you'll be able to play this mod. Really? I, I think it's brilliant. I think that's absolutely Pretty brilliant. Cool. So there is another argument as to why physical games are still important to this day. That's um, impressive. I'm not going to say that there's alternative methods in which to do this, but yeah, uh, of course you are. get yeah, the yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah image disc image burn wasn't it that that yeah that stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Demon come on tools. this is bad i'm surprised this isn't bigger news if i'm honest especially like mm. you say with xbox because every single person i know that has an xbox just talks about how incredible game pass is it's not for me but um i understand that that's the reason why you would get it you know getting all of these incredible games um uh, in, in, in essentially what is a netflix subscription um yeah. You know, uh, like you say, what would ha- what would happen if you had a Netflix subscription? And oh shit, I can't watch any movies or TV shows. Like, boom, see you later, yeah. Netflix. Uh, unfortunately, um, or fortunately, I suppose for Netflix, you haven't got to buy a five hundred quid console to find that out. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, um, it's that's. I mean, there's a good. That's a good thing about Game Pass, right? Is that you get to try all of these different experience stuff you probably wouldn't have bought on day one. Mm-hmm. Stuff you probably wouldn't have even considered even trying if it wasn't for any semblance of free. However, what it has done is make these games disposable, um, because ultimately you're getting so much choice. You play one and then you go right. That's that's enough of that. You start watching up into the end of Breaking Bad. You go right. That's enough of that. I'm moving on to the next experience. You don't even think about replaying it until you start to get nostalgic and you can't. Mm-hmm. And that that's my biggest fear about all yeah. of this. Yeah. Oof. Well, let's go back. Let's go back for the next uh, topic because this this is this is depressing me. If I'm honest. The world we are moving into. We always say it about with, with mobile games as well. The amount of mobile games I've got that I just cannot play anymore because those games are dead. And we're talking Nintendo branded games as well. You can't play Doctor Mario anymore. So still butthurt about that. But let's move. Let's go back in time. Let's go back in time to the Dreamcast days um, and improve it with up to date technology. Let's talk about the VMU. What, what what are your memories of the VMU, King Monkey? Because I know you're a bit of a Sega hardcore fan. Uh, just always beeping in it. I think it's, yeah, it's, oh, the, it's, it's all you ever need to know about the beat is every time you turn the flipping console on, you just hear the beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then for sure, for my sure. biggest memory from that was when my batteries died in my save game. I've told this story so many times, but I used to play Seaman for quite a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I put, I must have put close to two months in it. It was basically a full, fully grown thing. Anyway, mm. the battery, cut a long story short, the batteries died. I didn't realize, plugged the VMU in. And obviously the clock's gone. So when the game boots up, it thinks that I haven't been into the game like, for so long that it just instantly killed him. Yeah. And there was no comeback. It literally just killed my like seaman, and I couldn't get him back. So like, with with um the VMU, like if the battery runs out, if you, you don't lose your saves, and do you? No, they're supposed to be. They're still there. So your saves remain. Um, yeah. You, so you can choose to either just keep it plugged in the controller um, and then obviously your saves are still there because the um, controller Power powers the VMU. Yeah. 
Yeah, but um, yeah, with Seaman, because it was based on the clock, the clock had gone somewhere along the lines. I don't know which, like how it had all gone, but yeah. as soon as I turned it on, he was floating on the top of the tank, and I was just like, <laughs> all, my, all my hard work. I was finishing work and having to come home and feed him, so it was like, obviously, a virtual Tamagotchi. If you didn't, if you didn't do it every day... Yeah. Um, he risks dying because you're constantly changing the like the tank temperature and feeding him and everything else. So I was doing that every time I got in from work. So I put ages into that, and then the bloody thing died. Yeah, yeah, that's Dear that's idea. my biggest gripe, I suppose, of the VMU. <laughs> well, time to cool uh, put all those hours in again to see, man, because your worries are now over. Um, you can get a VMU. Um, with an SD card insert, and it's actually going to be powered. Uh, it's going to have a, a much better power source in it. Grizzly, talk, talk us through this a lot better than I'm doing right now, mate. <laughs> right. So essentially, the VM2, um, it writes all of the wrongs from the VMU. Um, so you're going to have a backlit LCD screen um, supporting a resolution scale, which ups the original 48 by 32. Resolution to a whopping 96 by 64. <laughs> Lovely. Love it. Love it. Um, then you have the micro SD card slot for proper massive storage capacity. I can see that being incredibly useful, especially if you run uh, an ODE in your Dreamcast. That's the uh, disk, disk drive emulator. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely want to get one of those at some point, uh, just because my disk drives on a couple of my Dreamcast do not work anymore. It'd just be nice to play the, all of the games that I've got mm -hmm. um, without messing up the discs. Um, and then you've got the four times VMU backup. Uh, so if no micro SD card is installed, we'll default to a four times memory card mode, just like Sega's official card. So you can you can raw dog it just like you used to. Um, yeah. You get external battery charging, so you can actually charge it using a, a USB-C cable by the looks of it. And then you've got PC Memory Manager. Now, this would be a game changer for, for a lot. That's the ability to hook it up to a PC to uh, share your save data uh, online. Now, one thing it doesn't me mention, actually, is what type of battery is going to be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. I, I'm hoping it's not the CRD2032 battery, but I'd imagine that they've got a lithium cell uh yeah solution in there yeah i think oh, i yeah. read a different article on dreamcast junkyard where they interviewed him um and it's a lithium battery somewhere oh okay cool yeah this is just a cool thing so they're, they're, they're saying this is going to be a hundred dollars or within that bracket around that bracket i don't think that's out of the question ridiculously too expensive for this sort of thing i mean it's such a novelty thing to get it really is um, oh i totally want it though <laughs> yeah I, I i i could see myself getting one I suppose yeah, you don't um, need one. That's it. It's, it's an all-in-one, isn't it? I, yeah. um, I was close to buying a backlit VMU for like 50-odd quid, which was not <laughs> oh, wow. nothing, more than a, nothing more than a backlit VMU. Right, you know? right. But um, you've also got to comprehend if you've backlit it and then the, the little batteries are going to go inside <laughs> like no time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, literally you're going to get like 30 minutes out of it before your, uh, your beep comes up. But yeah, for this one, like, because you can put SD storage in it and hook it, hooking it up to a PC is a fantastic one because I did that for um, Samba de Amigo because I couldn't be asked to play through to unlock loads of the songs. Right, and right. So um, I ended up just getting a save file. I can't even remember how I did it, but basically I got it onto a VMU. I, um, I did it once and I can't remember how I did it. Maybe I downloaded it on the Dreamcast and put it on there that way. I can't remember. But there was some, some way I did it where you 
transferred it to the VMU from your PC. Yeah, I did it, it was a memory extra... manager tool or something. Yeah, yeah. I did it for um, uh, the extra tracks on Choo Choo Rocket when I did a video for that many, many years ago. Uh, like the there was like I think there were Sonic skins for Choo Choo Rocket, and I think there was a cow and a right. UFO one instead of the cat and dog. Um, yeah, I've got some. I, I love the Dreamcast. That was a cool couple of years playing Dreamcast and and really championing championing the Dreamcast because I thought it was an awesome little system. And um, me and um, my my friend Aaron, uh, I actually remember us. Uh, uh, taking over me, me taking over my VMU to his house, connecting them together to then uh, send over the, uh, oh, yeah. the, the the Chao saves or something to do with the oh the Chao saves, yeah, that was it, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was probably That's the, the most used thing, aspect it? of it, yeah, Making the Chao Garden. Making it was very ahead of its time. The whole the whole system was ahead of its time with its online capability and all that sort of stuff. Um, heavily, heavily pirated system. Have a little bit of live <laughs> yeah. mating. Here we go. Oh, look, and you've got a little bit on the top that they're yeah, finding a VMU with that little cap. And just match them up, don't you? Yeah, this that's one, it. Still got the tag in the back on this one. Oh, wow. Still got wow. the batteries so that, that... should really do something about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think those batteries are going to be still alive, tag or Can not. we see? I'll do a live <laughs> unboxing for you. I'll pull the go tab out. Go on, then. Do it, do it, do it, do it. I want to hear the deed. Go ahead as a door now. Dead as a door. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. You go. It hasn't lasted. Hasn't lasted all those years. Twenty years of lives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this this is a cool thing. It's uh, uh, very much a novelty thing. Um, you don't need this, but hey, if you're one of those people to spend all that money and uh, upgrading your Dreamcast to be able to pump out, uh, you know, HDMI signal and 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 put that thing in that replaces the CD drive. Um, from the Terra Onion, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Then I'm I'm sure this is just going to be next on your list to get. Totally. I mean, this is this is the last like piece of the puzzle when it comes to making the ultimate Dreamcast. So you've got HDR mods yeah. out there, you've got the ODEs, and then this is the one piece of hardware that everybody remembers, and they just want one that works. And it looks to me like this is well on track. So, mm -hmm. yeah, and also like, games on it as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or, or mini games. There, there's a decent um, uh, uh, the homebrew scene for the VMU. Would you believe it? That people are actually putting little games on there. I remember there was a game with um, oh, what was the what was the RPG? The Space Pirates RPG, Skies of Arcadia. Yeah, um, there was a little mini game on that, almost like a really really basic sort of R type game. Um, yeah, oh, that's cool. It's cool. Nice, nice little. Uh, Swing yeah. up after so, the uh, Ubisoft stuff. So I, I, I thank and blame iQuail for that one, uh, that topic. I've just got to do a bit of a mention because as we we're going to have King Monkey on uh, today, I figured, right, uh, let's have a look at available topics. Oh, man, I can, I can, I've got the five, but I can't think of the last one, and that, that became this. And uh, I was like thinking, right, King Monkey, King Monkey. Oh, yeah, let's talk about Monkey Island. The, you know, they just announced that new game. And then <laughs> suddenly this turned up and I felt this was more appropriate. Please do let yeah. us know if you think that was the right call. <laughs> it is for me. I've got way more love for Dreamcast VMUs than I do the Monkey Island series, as much as that may upset people for me to say that. <laughs> but I, I, I loved my Dreamcast. It's still the only collection, I believe... Um, Maybe PlayStation 1. I've got a lot of my PlayStation 1 games. I think it's the only collection I have that was my original collection I had when it came out and I didn't end up selling, you know. But uh, yeah. I love my Dreamcast. 
Yeah, believe it or not, my Mega Drive collection is none of that was original. Um, not yeah. none of my original stuff. I just rebought all of my original games. Uh, it's the N sixty four stuff that I've kept the longest. Right. Yeah. There you go. So sim- similar deal to you. Yeah, yeah, I do love. Yeah, my I had to rebuy mine. So the only the oldest original console I own is my original Xbox. Yeah, oh wow! So I, I, I own my original Mega Drive, but it's it's dead as a i mean it might it might not be dead actually i'll have to try and turn it on but i i super glued it together at one point bits are not connected properly it's a mess but uh it can't it can't be worse than your copy of theme park that's for sure yeah that that is from my original uh mega drive days let me get it down yeah we gotta see it just to believe it so the story is here it is my original copy of theme park which is a huge gaming choice when i was 10 11 something like that um I had to decide, do I buy Theme Park or do I get the Sega 32X? Um, obviously, when I got older, I got both. But eventually, obviously, I saved up the money to get Theme Park first with my pocket money and my uh, mowing the lawns and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, obviously got this first because that's the amount of money I had first. Anyway, uh, this is my original copy uh, of Theme Park from back in the day. And I was obsessed with it. Uh, and I remember I had to keep looking after my sisters um, whilst my mum and dad went out. And... Um, dad at the time uh kept coming back and he caught me on the on this game stop playing that bloody game look after your sisters okay 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 so go outside i see him go go away and i go run up back stairs and i put it back on and then he came in and he he creeped into the house and come upstairs without me knowing he was in the house and i just looked up and he was like shit and he just went over and he just kicked my sega with the game in on the floor and this is the left what's left oh man there it is and they say physical games can break and die, and they're not as you know forever as digital. Yeah, look no, at the, that. It still plays. <laughs> that's the game in that little bit of the bottom. <laughs> the rest is just plastic. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's Park my original Park. copy. Theme Park I can't in get a half shell. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I've still got this for memory's sake, even though it's a, probably a bit yeah, of shit yeah. memory. But. Um, the other one is I wish I could still find my original copy of Sonic and Knuckles where I reinforced the case of a Corn Flakes box or a Cocoa Pops box, whatever it was. Uh, that was the old like, trick, wasn't it? Yeah. I, it's not the first time I've, uh, I've seen or heard of that happening. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. Like, even if I found it, it might not have been my one, you know. So did he buy you a new copy then? No, he didn't, PM Ferreira. The bastard just smashed up <laughs> my copy. And that was the end of that. Uh, cart abuse, says GT Beekerman. There it is. There it is. And for people listening, I just showed a picture of a smashed up copy of Theme Park, which still works. Ah, uh, now let's. Uh, that 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 was that was my my come down after the cool VM two segment, and it's going to come down even more as we talk about the Ocean Software co-founder David Ward dying at seventy five. One of the true uh, uh, old school. Uh, oh, any 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 home computer uh, lover from the uh, uh, the eighties and nineties. Uh, would have definitely guaranteed played some of this uh, this company's games. Um, and yeah, he, he passed away this last week. And uh, yeah, so a little tribute to him, bringing him up and all that sort of stuff. So uh, sad times, sad times, but yeah, not be forgotten. Definitely not. So yeah, like, you know, for, especially for us Brits, um, he, was, he was a bit of a legend. I mean, uh, the guy started out with a company called Spectrum Games. Uh, not to be conflu- confused with the Sinclair uh, ZX Spectrum. Uh, he mm-hmm. started out publishing games for various microcomputers, including Commodore 64, um, the Atari Amstrads, and what have you. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but because of that Spectrum name, of course, there was a lot of confusion. So they had to change the name and it later became Ocean. And what Ocean were really known for is their stellar work on their licensed titles. Like uh, just coming up on the screen, you've got Robocop. Here's my NES copy uh, from mm -hmm. back in the day. Um, and then, of course, people will recognize the name coming up uh, on the likes of McDonald Land and all of that. The thing is the about McDonald's didn't want any hamburgers in that game. Yeah, it's just a weird. Little fact word for you. But yeah, just carry on. <laughs> weird, yeah. Um, but yeah, like th those might not seem like, you know, stellar games. They're certainly not in the Mario's or Sonic's. But what they did do was actually create stellar licensed properties. The mm -hmm. their classic Batman series, for example, on the home oh computers. God, yeah. They're legendary games. They're not just like they're not just Batman games. They're really, really good games that predated the likes of Head Over Heels, uh, which are considered like staunch classics from the 80s. Um, and then they later on went on to work alongside the likes of Virgin Games. They went along to work, uh, work with Flying Edge and they were intrinsic to the British uh, video game scene of the 80s and 90s. And it's all thanks to David Ward, who was the uh, co-founder of of the firm so you got yep. to you got to show some respect i believe and here he is there it is king monkey showing his copy of robocop as well it's i suppose it's for people out there that, that that you know maybe didn't grow up in the home computer um thank you very much for the bits there thank you um uh, for people who didn't grow up with the home computer uh, scene and, and i suppose that it, it went over to some home uh, some consoles as well but especially in the home computer scene like these weren't games that were um you know some people had like these were these were like groundbreaking game games these weren't they, you know they weren't like you say like the marios or the sonics but they were around there Ev everyone had some of these games especially especially batman i remember like so many yeah. people had batman you know whether it was <laughs> legit or not yeah yeah and I, and I also remember um as a kid when i used to go pick up these games and again it, this might sound a bit crazy out there for people that didn't grow up in the era but when you used to go to chemists and your mum's going in there to buy a toothpaste and medicine uh there was a little there was an aisle of, of games on the shelves as well yeah and, yeah and i i remember looking and you'd always you'd always get the one pound 99 budget games uh and most of the time you know your eyes go to that because that's what your pocket money could buy you uh hence why we didn't get really much of any kind of uh video game crash back in the day but uh, a lot of the ocean games um tend to be on that slightly higher up bracket you know the five dollar oh, the five pound mark or the five uh, the ten pound mark um, you just knew you were going to get in a better experience because everything about them, even down to the packaging uh, of the games, um, they would it was it, it was a little bit next level up from the the, the ultra low budget stuff. Um, yeah, it was cool. Cool. Yeah, this is my favourite box just because it has the ocean in gold. Yeah, uh, with the beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. That's the uh, uh, Batman case there with the ocean, the gold ocean logo underneath. Yeah, and they did all of the like Jurassic Park games as well. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Worked on Got the it. Dennis the Menace, uh, the New Hook story. game as well. Um, yeah, New Zealand story, absolutely. The Rambo, Rambo Free. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. Man, I put some hours into that game. Yeah. Some serious hours. And these were licensed games back when licensed games actually meant something, you know. These, as, as Dan says, these were at the top of the shelf. These were considered your, like, premiere game releases this is this is your christmas present not what you've saved up your money for you know these these were the bigger yeah. budget ones yeah totally yeah uh, for the most part for the most part yeah they had their budget titles too but still yeah yeah so yeah it's a shame to see uh yet another industry uh legend pass away and at 75 
uh, I don't know if you'd even consider that good innings. I, I suppose it would be considering, you know, how young David Bowie and the like were when they went. So, yeah, uh, it's just a shame. It yeah. is, it is. We're, we're, you know, we're at the age, you know, gaming isn't that old in the grand scheme of things. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the legends are sadly uh, passing on. And unfortunately, this is the latest one. But, you know, not forgotten, as stated. Um, huge part of a lot of childhoods. Yeah, he was yeah. a big entrepreneur. I actually work with someone who works with him, uh, right. who knew him. Um, and, yeah, was apparently um, one of his first things he did in London was importing Afghan coats. Wow, okay. in London so first thing just like straight away I was just thinking Del Boy yeah absolutely that was our absolutely. British software wasn't it like most of the things like Imagine and Ocean they came from entrepreneurs like oh, spotting the scene and paying yeah, even, even the classic Alan Sugar as well yeah they're all just like these people that you know just suddenly saw an opening and went for it and um, mm, his story yeah. goes that he had a, had a roller rink 70s roller rink Mm-hmm. Um, and he had arcade games in there, and then he realised that more kids were playing the arcade game than they were going around the roller rink, and that's how he started looking at computer games. Oh, wow. The, so the legend goes, yeah. One of the last published games was Hexplore, a very underrated game. It's on GOG, and I highly recommend playing it. It says PM Ferreira. Um, Iceferno Pros, talking about Daily Thompson's Decathlon, uh, had that on the spectrum. Michael Towns talking about Decathlon on C64 as well. It's nice to see you guys yeah. sharing your <laughs> memories. Like I say, there's a lot of, there's, 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 there's a hell of a lot, and it's one of those companies where there's so many. Um, not just licensed, but obviously they're the ones where your eyes v- v- lean towards when you look back through the history. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a part of the majority of people's uh, childhood. Mm. Yeah, big time. They also they he also ported games like Midnight Resistance over to the Spectrum, which is what well, that was quite an ordeal um, mm-hmm. because it, there, there were proper arcade conversions coming to the the microcomputers. And I don't uh, know if anyone's oh, played Midnight. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know if people realise that like Midnight Resistance is one of the games that's in 16-bit on the Evercade. Um, that would take quite a bit of doing to get onto something that is basically 8-bit and below. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a lot of respect there. Absolutely, absolutely. And I've just put a link in. Please don't go just yet, but I've put a link in there for you guys to watch straight after. Uh, a look at every Ocean Software licensed game that Kim Justice put out only this last week. Um, crazy timing crazy crazy timing so go show kim justice some love one of my favorite channels on youtube um who's just gone through every single licensed ocean game um so you can actually look through that get that bad boy on in the background or however you want uh, it's a long one it's a long slog but there's a lot in there and um you're gonna get a uh, gonna gonna tickle those memories for you not only that but if you're from the us and you're watching thank you for watching by the way uh but if you're in the US and you really want to see some really obscure deep cuts into British uh, history, uh, what, what we're seeing on the screen right now is some footage of Roland Rat, uh, which is <laughs> as British as it gets. Uh, it's basically Jet Set Willy with uh, a puppet rat. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's uh yeah definitely you guys had i don't, I, I don't know what would mickey mouse <laughs> we had rolling rat <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah rat i don't know driving around london <laughs> i'm not sure we got the best end of the stick there but hey i wouldn't have it any other way <laughs> yeah definitely not so um yeah and there we go guys we've reached the end of the podcast so thank you all so so much for hanging out it's I know something fun. cool definitely is the vmu look Oh my god, you got it going. Hey. Hey. Turned on. Like I just turned hey, man, around that... and it was on. 
Oh, wow. So it does work. Years that later, what's, yeah. the def- what's the default date on that one? 2000. Oh, wow. So it's the post-millennium one. Yeah, of course, it would be. It's the blue see-through version. But, oh, man, I just remember the 9999 uh, thing that they used to do yeah. on the first VMUs when those launched. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. I believe yeah. it's yeah. actually powered up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, guys. Thank you so, so much for hanging out. Um, uh, and thank you so much to King Monkey as well for joining us. I'm going to drop some links in the chat. But in case anyone out there is listening rather than watching live, what are you doing? Get on over because we do this every single week live on Tuesdays. Um, uh, you can go and check out King Monkey on the Twitter and on the Instagram just by searching King Monkey, um, all one word, uh, or King Monkey 25 on Instagram. Am I right? Yeah, that's it on both. Yeah. yeah. Oh, King Monkey 25 and both. I do apologize. Yeah. Uh, go show that man some love and awe. It is incredible, incredible <laughs> uh, uh, game collection of which we all are very, very jealous. Um, yes, very, stuff. very jealous. Uh, do, you do some really cool, flashy little uh, images of all of the old games as well. Uh, and you got some Batman there, which is good. Uh, Predator 2. Big, big Sega fan. Is that your favorite system to collect for the Mega Drive? Mega Drive, yeah, 100%. It's mm-hmm. one I'm still getting bits and pieces. I've got most of what I want, but I just see things and then, then yeah, just pick them up by a bit. Do now. you see yourself going for the full 100? percent Ah, no, I'm not. It doesn't interest me to be honest. Right, it's just I see got... things that I like and then just add one thing at a time. Um, yeah, I had you, a bit of a Genesis thing for a while, so I've got like a. You can't see it, I don't think, on the camera, but I mean, there above is a Genesis row. Oh, well, I started Genesis collecting as well. <laughs> yeah, so there's a couple where the covers, um, I prefer the covers. So Alien 3 is a good example because the one, for one thing, it's got a spine with a name on it, which ours right. doesn't. Yeah, um, that's and annoying. And the front is the bigger version of the Alien because obviously they don't follow the template that our European ones did with that little like, box. So you don't have the restriction. So another one I've got is T2. So I've got like like t2 with the little box and then if you go on my instagram i I think it's only about it was either monday i think i did that one where it compared the two Mm -hmm. Um, yeah you can just see them side by side and there's somewhere i just prefer chuck rock's another one where it's got a spine let me just rock and cut like the virgin games ones where they've got spines that go around onto the side oh that's nice yeah like cool spot as well i remember that yeah that's it and then yeah, truck nice. rocks the same, so the artwork just ever so slightly just wraps around. Yeah, they that's seem to play the rules a bit fast and loose over in the in the US. Yeah, so got to like that. So you think it's going to be your next big collection? Then trying to go for some more American related games now. Just as, just as and when these are, um, they're not as easy to come by. And even not when here I was in the in UK, New, definitely. Uh, even when I was in New York. Um, they don't have many Genesis games. Bizarrely, you'd think for systems to common, didn't have much that I wanted. So the main Fair ones enough. were EA Sports because obviously EA Sports were flying in the states, weren't they? During the Genesis oh, yeah. era, yeah. And um, so they're you know ten a penny. There's so many of them. Um, so I got all night uh, by sheer luck. This one shop had NHL '97, Madden '97, and NBA Live '97. And I probably picked them all up for something like $15 or something. Right, lovely. Uh, mi- I saw was saying on there that he loves the wraparound covers, a lot of like uh, a lot of the Japanese ones do that. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Japanese ones are my favourite for that reason. I mean, we can just probably pick anything off the shelf. And, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, I've got a couple right here. Like, it just oh. literally will just go from front to back. 
Oh, actually, that one doesn't. Uh, what one did you pick up then? Uh, that was Dynamite Duke. Alien Storms around here somewhere. That's your bet. That's the best, isn't it? I've got yeah. my uh, Space Harrier there, complete wrap around. You can see it. <coughs> Apologies. Um, yeah, Space Harrier too. Oh, Alien Storm. It's the sexiest game. I really do think that might be my favourite game case. Yeah, it's a standout one for me, I think. It's not easy, one of my favorites. Absolutely beautiful. Well, anyway, like we said, guys, you can check out all of these games uh, in in awesome, awesome edited artwork uh, all to go along with them. Go check out his Instagram and his Twitter. Again, that's KingMonkey25. I've chucked some links down in the chat, but I'll do it again before we go. And um, whilst you're on Instagram, why not go check out Slopes Game Room? I'm on there and on the Twitter. And <laughs> go and show some love to the Grizzly Grotto as well. Yeah. Yeah, you got, you got I, a link I, for that. Uh, yeah, I, I can sh- I can shove that in there. Why not? Get why in not? There. Get in yeah. there. So <laughs> I don't know why I went weird then. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I've I've been photographing uh, my exploits in finding retro games in the wild recently. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly PAL collection. I certainly can't come up against uh, King Monkey in terms of the uh the, the japanese stuff i think i've only got a couple of things over there i'm, I'm quite happy with cart onlys for things like famicom and super famicom uh-huh. because they're super cheap um when it comes to me i'm i'm all the the pal collection and what have you I'm, I'm happy with my copy of knuckles chaotix and the odd few nice rarities like gunstar heroes which i recently discovered in a retro shop for 170 pounds and i'm really glad i own it now yeah uh, there's no way i'd ever pay that <laughs> for no. a copy but yeah i'm still gutted i didn't buy sonic and knuckles about it was it wasn't what, maybe a year possibly two ago but it weren't that long ago and it was about 100 pound i'm like, oh shell on shell on it's like a two three hundred quid game now it's bloody annoying because that is my favorite game i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to bite the bullet one day he's I looking for it, it. There'll be more. There'll be more. I've got it's, this it's like cool little case. Prime shell. See that? Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, like a little custom. Oh, made so case. cute. I've got, I've got yeah. my, I've got my UK copy. I've got my UK copy. I saw yeah, someone that um, play Blackpool did that with uh, Knuckles Chaotix. Yeah, I've got the Japanese 32x version for that, and I managed to get it for something like forty quid. Wow. Ago. I can't bring myself to ever sell it just because I bought it for forty quid. Yeah, so, sure, sure, definitely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, my my big one recently is I managed to pick up um, uh, Comic Zone on the PC uh, complete in box for a fiver. Um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. I can give you a tenner. Right, guys, we are going to end it there. Go check out King Monkey. Go check out Grizzly Grotto. And why not go check out me on all of those uh, social media platforms? And thank you, everyone, for listening in. Uh, it's been a quality one. Thank you so much, King Monkey, for joining us. Uh, next week we have got another special guest but you have to wait and see who that is because I haven't really confirmed you but until next time guys it's DJ Soap signing out and hopefully we'll see you all next time bye everyone see you guys bye thanks for listening to Slope's Cast the retro gaming news show with myself DJ Slope and my co-host Grizzly Cryden recorded live on Twitch every single Tuesday night if you want to listen in live then make your way over to twitch.tv forward slash Slope's Game Room at 9pm UK time 1pm Pacific Standard Time and 4pm Eastern Standard Time and as stated if you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode then please do consider supporting the show on Patreon or as a YouTube member and finally 
me. If you do have any news stories for us, then please do feel free to drop them in the dedicated rooms over on Discord at discord.gg forward slash Slopes Game Room. And until next time, guys, this is DJ Slope signing out, and hopefully I'll see you all next time.